0: All right, tonight, if you have your Bibles, we're going to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 3, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3. Uh, We've been preaching a series entitled, What's Going to Happen? And tonight, I want to preach on this thought, the ministry of the Messiah. Who is the Messiah? What is the Messiah? We want to talk about these things tonight. We want to read about him in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 will be our jumping in point. To the end, he may establish your hearts, unblamable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. This scripture is indicative of the return of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, to this earth. This is not the rapture that's speaking of in verse 13. Read at the end of the verse again. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ there's a word there, with all his saints. Not the rapture. At the rapture he's coming for his saints. Amen, Preacher Aaron. At the second coming, when he comes back to this earth, he's coming with all of his saints, Amen. Now, the first mention of the Messiah is found in the book of Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning God he, his son is the Messiah. But I want to read in verse chapter three, verse fifteen, and you'll see the first prophecy, the first mention, about the Messiah that is to come, Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen. Well, Preacher Darren, it doesn't necessarily use the word Messiah. Let's read it. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Who is that prophecy about? It's about the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get this in your mind tonight. The Messiah means the anointed one. The Chosen One, the Christ. There's so many references tonight, I cannot even think about getting this message done in 30 minutes. That's why I decided to put choir practice off till I got done, because we might practice around 10. So it's good to have you tonight, amen, as we study the Messiah. Now, in Isaiah 61, I want to read more about the Messiah. I love, let's just go to Isaiah chapter 7. I love the Messiah And I love the Word of God. And I love the book of Isaiah. It has 66 books or 66 chapters, just like our Bible has 66 books. The first 39 books are symbolic of, or chapters are the symbolic of the 39 books of the Old Testament, speaking about judgment. And the last 27 books are symbolic of the New Testament. And there are things in Isaiah who wrote 700 years before the birth of the Messiah that is very interesting to me and did you know that uh, there are one for every 25 verses speaking about the second coming of the lord jesus christ let's talk about his first coming the messiah in isaiah 7:14 therefore the lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, the Messiah. Chapter 9, verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Glory of God. What about chapter 53 in the book of Isaiah in verse number 4? Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank God the Messiah gave his life for the sins of the world. Chapter 54, sing, O barren, Thou that didst not bear. What's that talking about, Isaiah chapter 54? Talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. and He's alive and now we can praise him. Let me just say that one day the Messiah is going to reign. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be, thank God there'll be no more devil for us to have to live with when we get to heaven. God saved you from hell to take you to heaven, amen, and to get you out of the nonsense you're living in right now. Now, we're just trying to jump in here about the Messiah. Number one, there is the recognition of the Messiah. We're going to chapter 61. The recognition of the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. The recognition of the Messiah. Do you see his divine anointing? The spirit of the Lord is upon him. So when Jesus began his public ministry. On a. Saturday, probably the Lord's Day, at that point in time, he walked into the synagogue, he picked up a scroll, and he read these very verses. Hold your place here. The book of Luke chapter 4, the book of Luke chapter 4, and verse number 16. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He intentionally went to that scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the broken hearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book. He gave it to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Usually, uh, the whoever reads the scripture would elaborate then, just like we do here where we're preaching now. But at this point in time, Jesus just went, and the Bible says that he sat down, and all eyes fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Wow. Three things I want to notice here notice the presence of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Notice the power of the Son. It's upon who? It's upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit of the Lord is upon the Messiah. Notice with me the preaching of salvation. Going back to Isaiah. He has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Why did Jesus come? Why did the Messiah come? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why the Messiah came. Number one, The recognition of the Messiah. He came. Do you recognize him? He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, and the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach good tidings to those that were meek. Number two. Now I got to stay here. Think with me for a second. What is he going to do? What is his? uh, We talked about his anointing. Let's talk about his appointing. What is he doing? Look with me again in chapter 61. He has sent me to preach good tidings unto the meek. What does that mean, to the meek? It's talking about to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. Luke's gospel interprets it as preaching to the poor. Let me say this to you tonight. I don't know what class you think you're in. You think you're upper class, middle class, lower class, I don't know. But spiritually speaking, you are bankrupt. You and I, when we were lost, had nothing to offer Jesus. You didn't get in on a Sunday school offering or on a tithe that you gave. You didn't get in on your faithfulness. You had nothing to offer God but your sin. You were bankrupt spiritually. Why did the Messiah come? He came to renew and recover those that were bankrupt. That's you and me, friend. Stay right here. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Why'd he come? He came to bind up the broken. Oh, boy. Let me read out of the book of Luke, chapter 7. Don't lose your place here. We're coming back. I just want to read out of Luke, chapter 7. I've got so many of these tonight that I want to read, but I won't be able to read them all. But I've got to read this one. In Luke, chapter 7, he's come to bind up the brokenhearted. He's come to relieve the broken. Chapter 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, right? Poor, bankrupt, spiritually, nothing to offer, just sin. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, And stood at his feet behind him weeping. You see, she's broken. She's crushed. Have you ever been there? And began to wash his feet with tears. And then wiped them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. And anointed them with the ointment. Think about it. Turn with me now to verse 48. He said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Why did he come? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. He came to bind up those that were brokenhearted. He said to this woman that was a sinner, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Look what he said to the woman. He said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Thank God for it. But he adds something. Go in peace. Have you ever doubted? You got saved, you walk with God, and, you, and, you, and, and, and your sins are forgiven you. Glory to God. The devil says, you ain't really saved. you the biggest phony. you the biggest hypocrite that's ever been. Jesus added that phrase, go in peace. If Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who died for you, has saved you, you're saved. It's not anything that you've done, not anything that you could do. It's all about what the Messiah has done for you. He came to preach the gospel to the spiritually bankrupt. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, let's go back. Why did he come? He came to release those that were bound. The Bible says to... Proclaim liberty to the captives do you remember the story in the book of Luke where he came over to the land of the Gadarenes and there was a person there and he said what's your name he said my name is Legion because he was demon possessed and he was ready to cast the demons out of the young man and they said suffer us to go into the swine don't throw us back into the abyss and they, the Lord said go And they went into the swine. And the swine, the whole herd of them, ran off the side of that hill there. And they all committed suicide. That's what you say to a pig, right? Amen. And now the man is is in his right mind. He's clothed and he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Why did the Messiah come? He came to bind the broken. He came to renew those that were bankrupt. He came to set us free. Lord to God, have you ever been bound up? I've been in some services that was bound up. I've been around some situations that was bound up. But honey, when Jesus gets in the place, he sets the captives free and we're no longer bound, amen. Well, I can't stop there. Look with me. He says in uh, chapter 61, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, that's those that are bound, he comes to relay the blessing. Look, verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the time of salvation. Oh, I've got to read it. i just got to read it. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. The time is now. Luke chapter 8. Try not to make any comments. We just need to be reminded of it. Verse 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus a ruler of the synagogue, he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. This man has an emergency. He needs Jesus, and he needs Jesus now. Now is the acceptable time. I need Jesus now. Have you ever been there? And a woman having an issue of blood. Twelve years. You ought to underline that because the little, the little girl, Jairus' daughter, is twelve years. Twelve and twelve. Hey, hey, hey. Which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him, touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master... The multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou who touch me. Jesus said somebody hath touched me for I perceive that virtue hath, is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. You know what she needed? She needed Jesus now, right now, not later. Now is the acceptable time. I Lord of God, I'm needing him right now. And maybe you're needing him right now. Now is the acceptable time. He said unto her, Daughter, Jairus has got a daughter. Here's this lady being called daughter. Oh, this is a setup I can see. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He could have stopped there, but he added, go in peace. <laughs> she might get down the road and spell. Well, said, I don't know, is it coming back? Am I going to start feeling bad? Go in peace. This is taken care of. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter's dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it he answered him saying fear not believe only and she shall be made whole. And when he had come into the house whew, he suffered no man to go in and say Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. That's five people. The sixth one she's dead. And the seventh one is the Messiah. <laughs> Woo. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said weep not. She is not dead but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out Except those that had faith, he took her by the hand and called and said, made her rise. Her spirit came again. She arose straightway. He commanded to give her meat. Her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Help me. Where would you be without the Messiah? Where would your wife or your spouse, your husband, where would they be without the Messiah? Where would your children be? Without the Messiah? Oh, now is the acceptable time. Now is the acceptable time to call upon the Lord. Jesus is preaching. Jesus is pro- is proclaiming. Jesus is promising. I want us to see, number two, the reception. Spent too long already. The reception of the Messiah. How was he received? Let's go back to verse two of Isaiah 61. To proclaim the acceptable Year of the Lord. In other words, there ought to be reception by the saints of God. He says at the end of the verse, to comfort all that mourn. I mean, one of the signs of the Messiah will be, Isaiah 25, 8, that he will swallow up death in victory. The Messiah did that. He's the resurrected Messiah. Now, look with me here. It says, and the day of vengeance... Of our God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Right? I will repay. But did you notice when we read Luke chapter 4 that Jesus, the Messiah, didn't read that part of the verse? Did you catch that? Why did he skip it? Uh, Why did he leave that be? Why is that not there? Because the Jews that he came to, for the most part, they're not going to receive him Now, they're going to reject him. And the day of vengeance is a prophecy that's still about to fall. When the Messiah comes back, 1 Thessalonians 3, 13, with all the saints, the day of vengeance is going to fall. So there should be reception by the saints, but there was rejection by the sinners. The Bible says in Romans 11.25 that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And we're going to stay here in Isaiah 61. Number three, I want us to think about the redemption by the Messiah. Now look with me in verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. The redemption. Let's talk about the redemption. What is the previous condition before you met Jesus or before Jesus got involved in your life? Or even if you're saved here tonight and you've got into a situation and you're struggling. And you really need him in it. What are you dealing with right now? How does it look? What is the previous condition before Jesus got involved? Well, look, the writer says that there are ashes. You see that? Beauty for ashes. Underline that in my Bible. For ashes. What does ashes? It means brokenness and shame. Grief. Uh, Job sat in ashes, when he was bankrupt, when he had boils on his body, uh, when he was bereaved of all of his family uh, when, when, when everything was gone, Job sat down in ashes that was his previous condition you know what you were before, you were in ashes what else? Well, what about the bitterness of sorrow, the previous condition mourning you see that word? Mourning you ought to underline that in your Bible, what does that mean? bitterness of sorrow it's a symbol of anguish of soul before I met Jesus I was in ashes I was in grief before I met Jesus I was in mourning I was weeping look with me it says the spirit of heaven if y'all underline that that's what I was before it means the burden of stress the stress of life you know stress will kill you the burdens and the stress of life before we met Jesus youngins we had ashes, we had mourning, we had the spirit of heaviness. You know, I want to come in the house of God. I want us to get in this choir and sing, there's joy in the house of the Lord. My, 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 what a joy it is to serve Jesus. We ought to come in here pumped up. But nowadays we come dragging in like we're still in our mourning and we're still in our ashes. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to take away from our spirituality but we need to get excited about something. We need to get excited about the Messiah who has saved us and redeemed us. We need to pump it up, church, I'm just telling you. I'm tired of dragging around around here. Well, God is good and Jesus is alive. I I can't stand it anymore, man, I gotta have more. I gotta have some excitement and some thrill because that's what he is to my soul. You see, that was my previous condition. Dragging around, moping around. But after I met him, I've had a powerful change. <laughs> Listen now, I had ashes. But the Bible says that of Jesus, the Messiah, is gonna make an exchange. He said, You give me your ashes, I'm gonna give you beauty. <laughs> Woo wee. I, I, got, I got verses to read, but I won't. Luke chapter 9, verses 37 through 42. Let me, just, let me just paraphrase real quick. Luke chapter 9, verse 37 through 42. The Bible says there's a man. He's got a boy that's possessed by a demon, and he's brought him to Jesus, and the disciples couldn't cast him out. And uh, Jesus said, uh, I want you to come out of him, you old foul spirit. And the Spirit threw the boy on the ground. There he was in ashes. And, and the daddy is mourning and weeping. And, and the boy's foaming at the mouth, going round and round. And Jesus said, come out of him and he healed the child and he delivered the boy back again to his father. Let me tell you something that's beautiful that God could take that situation that child that was lost, that child that was demon possessed and Jesus the Messiah got involved and he gave that boy new life and he restored him and he blessed that daddy to pieces. I'm telling you if God has saved your youngin', sir you ought to shout and praise God God has given you beauty for ashes. I want to run some bath. Woo! Thank God for what my Messiah has done. Read on with me. That that is grace and compassion. That's what he gave us. Grace and compassion. Then he says, for those that are mourning, those that have the bitterness of sorrow, God said, I'm going to give you the oil of joy. What does that mean? That means, y'all look at me, I got to see it. God said, I'm going to give some gladness to your countenance. We ought to be able to look at you and say, boy, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. My Messiah is alive. He's coming back to get me soon. And I'm going to live for him. You know what we need? We need the oil of joy poured out on our lives. Amen. i got to read again. Luke 13. Luke 13. Look at verse number 10 as he was teaching in one of the synagogues in the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Can you see her in her situation there? Can you see her when she's mourning and weeping every time she goes to church, everywhere she goes, pain and discomfort? When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. <laughs> you know, he's put the all of joy for gladness on her countenance, amen. She's not in pain. She's not in sorrow. She's not in shame. She's not in bitterness. The Lord brought healing to her life. Now you may come in here tonight and say, Aaron, I got some physical maladies and I've not been healed yet and that's why I'm like this. Listen, let's just, let's just, get, let's just take this from a physical realm to a spiritual realm. Man, we was so bowed over under the weight of sin. <laughs> we couldn't stand up straight. I, I went in that night. I was bowed over. That preacher, priest, I couldn't even look up. I didn't want to. Now I'm telling you, but the Holy Ghost knocked on my heart's door. I went down to the altar and something happened. He saved me, made me straight. And now i am glorified God. Telling you good people, he put gladness on your countenance, amen. amen. Hallelujah. There's been a change. A, an exchange has been made. Well, let's read again in verse number three. We're talking about somebody now that's got the spirit of heaviness. Look what he says he's going to do. He says, I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to make an exchange. You're going to give me your heaviness. You're going to give me your burden. You're going to give me your loads. And I am going to give you the garment of praise. Now think about that. He's given you and I a garment of celebration. Now, read again in Luke chapter 15. Probably don't have to read this, but just want to remind you that there was a daddy who had two boys. And one of them said, Father, give me what is coming to me, what's mine, my inheritance. And he took off and wasted it all on riotous living. And uh, he got in the hog lot, and everything ran out. He said, My daddy's hired servants have more to eat than I have. I think I'm going to go home. I think I'm going to tell my daddy that I've sinned against God, I've sinned against home. And when he's coming home, the daddy saw him and ran out to meet him. And the Bible says he put a ring on him. What did he put on him? A robe. <laughs> he put a robe on him, amen. And he killed a fatty calf, put shoes on his feet. Why? He said, Rejoice with me, for this my son which was dead is alive again. May I say tonight, maybe tonight you have an object of prayer, a burden that's specific, and you're heavy under a load with this. But he said, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to answer your prayer request. I'm going to turn this thing around. And when I do, I'm going to give you a new robe. You're not going to come in here bound up and heavy anymore. I'm going to give you a garment of celebration. I'm going to give you a garment of praise. Honey, I'm telling you, there's some people in here tonight, you need to be praising him, rejoicing in him, and letting it rip tater chip. Yes, sir. God's been good to us. Yes, Superintendent got up this morning and read Zechariah. Can I read it again? Zechariah chapter three, turn there. One of the Old Testament prophets. Haggai, Zechariah before Malachi. Zechariah chapter three. We see Joshua, the high priest. The Bible says in chapter 3, he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side or his right hand to resist him. Right now, did you know that you as a believer, let's, let's bring it to modern day. We know what happened in the Old Testament. They couldn't go back there, but, but ever so often. But let's bring it to where we are today. You as an individual, you are a priest. There's the priesthood of the believer. You can come to God yourself, priest to the believer. And I'm going to tell you who's standing to with, who, who's trying to stand by and withstand you. The devil. He's trying to hear, hinder me while I preach. He's trying to hear, hinder you while I preach to keep you from hearing what the preacher's got to say, what the word of God's got to say. He's trying to hinder you. He's trying to resist you getting through to God right now. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a bread plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua, there's that high priest, he was clothed with filthy garments. You know, our righteousness, filthy rags. Amen. Clothed with filthy garments. And he stood before the angel. And he answered spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused not iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. Woo! And I was reading that. I didn't know the superintendent was going to read it. That was a blessing, brother. I was reading that. Reading out of Isaiah 61. Reading out of Isaiah about our filthy rags. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you a new garment, Bethel. I said hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now this is what I got. My mama would take my old grass stained clothes. She would take them and wash them. But you know there's something else had to be washed too. Me. She didn't put clean clothes on a dirty boy. God said I will clean some things up and I'm gonna give you a garment of celebration. who a garment of praise. Thank God for it. That father said, rejoice with me. Hallelujah. Well, fourthly, there's the revelation of the Messiah. It's found in the book of Revelation, but I'm not gonna preach it. I'm just gonna let it be. I feel like God's, God's got what he wants right now. Whoever you are tonight, that you're broken. You're heavy. I've got a whole other page of notes. I have worked and worked and worked. God said, leave it alone. You're mourning. You're doubting. You're in distress. You don't know what's going to happen. And God said, I've got some things I'm going to do for you. But you must let me do it for you. When I read about Asenath who was brought out to stand before with Joseph and to be wed to him, it's not anything that she did. It was all by the grace of God that brought her to Joseph. Now I'm telling you, this is not, this change that's going to happen for you, it's not going to be because of anything you do. It's going to be because you've asked him. You know why you don't have? Because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And sometimes you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. God said, I'm just done. God said, I've got something I want to do. And I know the ministry of the Messiah, he's coming back one day. The book of Zechariah says that every eye shall see him. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. They're going to see him when he comes back with his saints. Maybe that's for another time but tonight you're in a spirit of heaviness. Seth, you come. You stand to your feet. I don't know if it's one person or if it's ten that needs to move, but there's somebody here. God has some garments. God has some change. God has some help. God has some things He wants to do for you. He wants to exchange your ashes and give you beauty. He wants to exchange your mourning and give you the oil of joy, some gladness on your countenance. God wants to take your spirit of heaviness and give you a spirit of praise. If you'd receive it, would you let Him to not have it? Father, tonight, I have no idea why you stopped me where you did. But God, I praise you and I honor you. And Lord, I look at my life and I say, how many times, oh God, how many times you've given me beauty for (laughs) hatches? Oh God. When I look at my life, how many times have you given me joy? And I was weeping. <laughs> Lord, how many times when I came in with a spirit of heaviness into a situation? And your Lord, you came and turned that heaviness into a time of praise. <laughs> oh, who can understand the grace of our Messiah? Lord, thank you for coming. To bind up the brokenhearted, To set at liberty those that are bound. Thank you God for giving sight to those that are blind. Oh God would you open our eyes. God would you help us at this church. To get over the doldrums of this world. And get into rejoicing into who our Savior really is. Lord tonight. I pray tonight God. That somebody that's got the burden. And the spirit of heaviness and mourning, sorrow, and suffering, and shame, just as I've had many times, that God, tonight, you would send them your answer. <laughs> You'd send them the remedy. <laughs> oh, I thank you, Lord, for the ministry of my sweet Messiah. May your hand be upon the knee tonight, answering accordance to thy will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.